In the year of 1637, Thomas Morton, a resident of what we now call Quincy, Massachusetts, just published his new English canon, gathering attention from his local government. That same year, his work received what many consider the first book-banning experience. The reason? Well, as journalist Matthew Taub from the Atlas Obscura writes, it mounted a harsh and heretical critique of Puritan customs and power structures that went far beyond what most New English settlers could accept. This is the history, the root, of book banning in the United States. Today, some of the books being banned include works such as The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison, Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck, The Goosebumps series by R.L. Stein, Melissa, which has previously gone by another title, by Alex Gino, and even Dave Pilkey's Captain Underpants books. While these titles may seem random, though, there are patterns to which types of books get banned most often. 41% of banned books contain queer themes or characters, while 40% feature central characters of color. Overall, a total of 1,648 books were banned between July of 2021 and June of 2022. As a future educator, I have to wonder, what impacts do such book bans have on the teaching profession? I talked with Nora Goss, a 7th grade English teacher, to find some answers. So what are your immediate feelings toward the topic of book banning? I mean, it's kind of wild, I think, that anybody would want to stop people from reading something also illegal in the United States like censorship but I think that if a parent supports the kid reading that book or if the kid's old enough to make their own choices they should be able to read what they want. I then went on to ask Miss Goss what impact she thought book bans would have on her classroom and this is what she had to say. I guess right now I know like talking about racism or race or anything related to like white supremacy has been in fact directly challenged in many school districts in the United States. And I actively teach about those things. Many of my books in my personal classroom library are related to that topic. So it would make like I would literally have to put some of the books that I offer away. And when you teach black and brown students, it's kind of ridiculous that you can't teach them about something that they're already experiencing and witnessing on a daily basis, in my opinion. I then asked her what struggle she's had in selecting materials for her lessons in classroom due to potential negative consequences if someone were to disagree with one of her choices. Um, I guess I've always just kind of unapologetically taught what I thought was important to teach. The kids like to learn about what they are interested in. Like, I'm not going to have books that they aren't going to be interested in reading. It's much more engaging and enjoyable for them. And then in turn, for me, when they're 
interested in the work. Has the threat of backlash or termination related to book banning and what you're teaching in the classroom influenced your educator experience in any way? It's been interesting to see like what's happening in Florida because they're like really doing it. Um, So if anything, it's just kind of frightening. Would you say that your educator experience has also just from watching what's happening in other states been a little like fearful I think is the word you used yeah I then asked her in what way she thought book banning impacted the teaching profession as a whole yeah I kind of alluded to this earlier and the fact that like it's hard as a teacher to to feel like I have to be watching what I say or there's certain things that I can't talk about or share with my students and that's as like a cis white female so like if I we're not in some of those demographics. It's hard to feel like I can't be real with my kids. Um, I think book banning is makes it more challenging for for teachers to do their job. And I don't really think that it gets anything accomplished besides just making it harder for students to read books that interest them and for us to do our jobs. She also had this to say related to changing curriculum around banned books. A lot of books are banned just because they have like radical ideas and then much later become normalized. Like 1984, I think, is the book that was banned for the longest. And now like many schools use that in their curriculum. It was just at the time seen as like, wow, this is crazy. We shouldn't let people read this. And now it's like, the opposite way. Wow, this is crazy. People should read this because it was so ahead of its time. I then pressed further, asking her if she thought that book banning could be a reason somebody leaves the teaching profession. Maybe. I guess if you were teaching in a super conservative state, I feel like that amongst other things that are proposed that are like censorship of teachers could compile to make for sure. I like have a friend who um, was not renewed for her contract when she taught uh, social studies in a district in Columbus. And it was basically because she talked about uh, like systemic racism. They essentially like gave, made it a big deal right afterwards. And then she didn't have a job the next year. To conclude our discussion, I asked Ms. Goss to pick three words that she thought were best representative of book bans and their effects on the teaching profession. I guess I would say silencing definitely as my first one. I feel like that's the effort or like that's the goal of book banning is to like silence voices that are different from the people who are banning them. For her second word, this is what she had to say. I guess it would be like threatening, like I said earlier, like it it kind of indicates that like freedom of speech may be also something that is coming next to be censored or like, which is very important to me in my classroom. And I guess my third one would probably just be like silly. I couldn't think of a better, more succinct adjective. Like it's just like, I don't know why people spend their time that this is something that we are worried about in the state of education today. Like it doesn't stop people from learning about what they want to learn about. And it just is silly. Like, I don't, (laughs) I can't, I feel like I should be able to think of a better word, but that's what I got. 
A big thanks to Ms. Goss for sharing her perspective and thoughts as an educator in a time when limited access to information and censorship of knowledge are on the rise. And a big thanks to Benjamin Tiso from bensound.com for the music and to Professor Price Dennis for her support throughout this episode's creation. This has been Cheyenne Gluckle. Thank you for listening to Books Behind Bars.